Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. And welcome back to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm delighted today to be joined by Art Sobjack. Art works with thousands of sales reps each and every year, helping them get more business through the phone. His mission is to eliminate the fear, failure, and rejection from cold calling. Since 1983, he's built up his reputation by providing common sense, no gimmicky, non-salesy methods for how to use the phone to prospect, persuade, and sell. He's also the author of the classic book, in the field called Smart Calling, now in its third edition. Uh, a very warm welcome, sir. How are you doing? Damn, thank you so much for having me on. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, 1983. Uh, I, I, I started when I was 10. N nobody's buying that, are they? <laughs> <laughs> a lot wiser and smarter than me. Uh, that's, that's, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Looking forward to this. Yes, likewise, man. Likewise. So yeah, there's plenty of stuff we want to cover today, Art. Uh, so I think we're going to be taking the focus on is selling really just a numbers game and um, giving the audience, everyone tuning in today, some tips in terms of how they can prospect with what's going on, um, what's been happening in, in around the world in the last few months, um, how everyone can utilize smart calling and some of your recommended um, marketing channels, both online and offline. But before we get into that juicy stuff, Art, um, for anyone that doesn't know Art Sobchak, perhaps you could give us a quick five minute snapshot of your story. Um, how you got into sales, how you got into business, and perhaps a, a lesson or two learned along the way. Wow, how many hours do we have here? So, <laughs> how did I get into sales? Well, uh, you know what? Everybody is a born salesperson, right? Because all kids are great salespeople. Some people just choose to not make it their career. But what, what happened with me is that my very first paid sales job was when I was 13 years old. And I would take the bus into downtown Omaha with a buddy. And we actually had a job working in what would be called a boiler room where we were calling people to sell tickets to the policeman's fundraiser circus. And in retrospect, I think that was a scam because I'm not even sure there was a circus. But what happened was after that, I realized that I could I could sit inside on the phone and talk and uh, make money, make a lot more money than my buddies who were doing manual labor. And it just seemed that I had a knack for that over the years in high school and college. And as it would turn out, my very first job right out of college, I had a number of offers. Even though I wanted to start my own business, I thought I probably should go and get a real job, make some money and see what the corporate world was like. So I took a job with the old AT&T in the U.S. here. And uh, as luck would have it, it was in sales using the phone. But from the very first day, I'm trying to figure out how can I do this on my own? Because I was an uh, entrepreneur at heart and always trying to figure out what can I do? What can I do on my own? And uh, actually left after about a year and started a consulting and training firm with a partner. And uh, had some bumps along the way and actually took a couple of other corporate uh, sales jobs while I still had my business going because, of course, money wasn't coming in at the rate that I wanted. And uh, finally, after a couple of years of doing that and uh, hating to work for somebody else, I decided you've got to do this only and full time and uh, did it. So just went out and uh, 
continued to focus on the the training and the content creation part of this business. And that's what it is today. So for over 30 plus years, I've been helping sales pros say the right things to get more yeses using the phone as their main method of communication. And it's kind of interesting. Again, I've been doing this for over 30 years. And today, everybody has to do it. So in in my business, it's, it's, I mean, unfortunately, because of the circumstances, but I mean, people are coming out of the woodwork saying, we've been neglecting the phone for a long time, and now we have to do it. So how can we do it more effectively? So true, man. And uh, it's interesting that you mentioned that you started out on a boiler room because I was much the same, actually, apart from one of my first roles. I, uh, I was selling ink cartridges over the phone and then worked for a marketing company. It Richie was almost like a boiler room. We were in a really small, um, we we're actually in someone's loft conversion and there was just a few of us hammering the phones all day. So it takes me back to, to five or six years ago, which uh, was good times. But you learn fast in those kind of environments, right? It's great experience, isn't it? <laughs> you you, you certainly fun, become insensitive to the nose. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Cool. So sell, selling, is it really just a numbers game? That's that's a topic I want to I start with, Art, because there's so many um, people that you hear in business and marketing, and they say, look, if we get enough leads, then we're going to make the sales. If we do enough dials, we're going we're gonna to win this many deals. Um, so you often hear that some people are saying, yes, it's a numbers game. Or others are saying, no, if you, you've got to do X, Y, and Z plus the dials. And, and what, what's your stance on it? Well, here's my stance on that. If I took a two-headed coin and I flipped it 100 times, am I any closer to a tail on the 101st flip? No, I'm not because I'm not doing the right thing to get the result that I'm looking for. So if somebody just says it's just a numbers game, Essentially, what they're saying is put in the activity, and if you put in enough activity, you're going to bump into some success. And for me, that's not a great strategy, okay? Because if I want to get a result, I should be putting in the quality activity following a proven process to get the result that I'm looking for. So managers, sales managers who manage by dashboard, which means that they're just simply looking at the numbers. And if the numbers aren't where they want them to be as far as results, they say, let's just make more calls. That is, that, that's lunacy, right? Because we got to look at what are we doing in order to get the results that we're getting right now? And how can we tweak that? So that normally means we need to put in better quality calls. Now, make no bones about it. We still need to put in the activity. And the, the thing is with activity is that high levels of activity and quality are not mutually exclusive because there's always arguments of, oh, you, you, you just make the calls. Don't waste your time doing research because you got to be talking to people. Well, here's the thing. If we're on the phone, especially today, I mean, how many attempts does it take us to actually reach a person? Well, I mean, the numbers vary. And again, especially today, they're, they're much higher. We're not having to do all of our research before every single call because we can do the bulk of our research once. We put it in our notes. Then we remind ourselves of that on each subsequent attempt. But again, it's not just a numbers game. It's a game of numbers because we use numbers to measure activity and results. But sales done professionally is most definitely a quality game. Fair play. And uh, what would you distinguish the difference between 
just um, putting in the activity as in a standard call. And what would you define as a quality call in this case? Well, we, we like to call it a smart call. <laughs> and a, a smart call is when we know something about the person, the organization, and the situation and the environment that they're living in so that we can tailor and customize our message to make it relevant. That would be a smart quality call. Somebody who's just putting in the numbers is going through a list, calling people, saying the same thing to everybody, giving them the same pitch, irrespective of them and what's going on in their world. And I don't know about you, but I get these calls all the time. And uh, I, actually, I like getting these calls because it gives me great material and I record them and I use them in training. But in, in some cases, I just have to shake my head and I'm thinking, why in the world would you be calling me for this? And obviously, you don't know anything about me. And when, when people do this, I'm thinking, what what is causing them to do this? And in, in some cases, it's a manager saying, just make more calls, give me more phone time. And in other cases, I mean, I feel sorry for the people because they've heard this myth of it's just a numbers game and I know I need to prospect. So I'm going to go uh, find a script that was created by somebody that isn't even in my industry. And I'm going to say these goofy things and then they get their teeth kicked in. <laughs> and we've, yeah, we've, I think we've all been there as well, especially if we're in, we're in sales or we run our own business trying to prospect and trying to reach out to new customers. So what can we actually do? What tips can you give us, um, Art, to turn just this bog standard cold call off the list into something that's smart, something that's a bit heated up and a bit warmer? Yeah, well, let me just give you a definition of, of what a smart call is. And, and again, it is gathering some sales intelligence about an individual their company, and very importantly, any type of trigger event or an environment or situation that's going on with them that's going to allow me to make my initial outreach and messaging more relevant to them. Because let's face it, today we are inundated with anywhere from, depending on what study you see, uh, a couple hundred to a couple thousand messages per day of all types, you know, email, in-mail, uh, banner ads, whatever. And uh, as a result, Everybody has become professional ignorers. Feel free to tweet that one out. We are professional ignorers, which means that we have to we have to ignore most of the messages that come our way. Which ones are we going to pay attention to? We're going to pay attention to the one or the couple who are about or that are about who? Us, the most important people in the world, because that's that's who we care about. So if we see a message or hear a message that's relevant, now we're going to lean in a little bit and say, hmm, sounds like it, it. this might be about me. Sounds like there might be something here for me. Sounds like it might be relevant for what I'm interested in right now. So how are we going to do that? Well, again, we're going to do online and uh, offline research. And again, this doesn't have to take a lot of time. I mean, you can, you can really systematize your intelligence gathering. So of course, we're going to Google, we're going to LinkedIn. And uh, in my book, we go through a number of different ways to do this. And then also what we're doing, Sam, is this thing called social engineering. Social engineering okay. is simply talking to people other than our decision maker, 
for the purposes of gathering some sales intelligence. So I might be talking to, and again, with LinkedIn, it's relatively easy to find other names of people. And uh, we identify ourselves, we give full identification, we ask for their help, we tell them that ultimately, like in my case, I'll tell them, hey, I'm gonna be speaking to your VP of sales, and I want to make sure I'm prepared when I do. There's probably some information you could help me with. So I'm asking uh, this salesperson about, so, uh, and I would already know that they prospect because I've got other ways I can find that out. So I'm asking them questions about what kind of training do you receive? What kind of quotas do you have? What's the morale there? Uh, how well are you doing it? Or, or, or do, do people enjoy doing it? What's your success rate? And I'm finding things out that now I can relate to the sales, the VP of sales, when I'm doing my outreach and my messaging. And uh, by the way, it's not just the phone because today we have multimedia available to us. So I'm a believer in, we, we can use email, we can use LinkedIn in mail. Um, we can use video for outreach as well. But what we're not doing there, Sam, is that we're not just giving a pitch in the email because we've all gotten those cold emails or those LinkedIn spam messages, right? All we're trying to do is create some curiosity so that we ultimately can engage in a human conversation. Because let's face it, people buy from people and the most effective way to sell is still humans talking to humans. And, and I'm a big believer in digital marketing and all those things because I've made millions of dollars at doing it. But again, the most effective way to sell is like doing what we're doing right now, talking live. And then when we can add the video element, that's even better. Sure thing. Uh, you mentioned an interesting point just now. So you said if we're going for the decision maker and we want to get intel before we actually strike up a conversation with them, be it on the phone, be it email, be it LinkedIn or any other channel, um, we go to someone perhaps that's not quite high up. So perhaps we're after a VP of sales or maybe even the business owner in a smaller organization. So we might go to one of the sales execs or the sales managers or someone a little bit lower down the chain. Um, but how? What's the best way we can actually approach them up without just saying, tell me this, or how do I do this? And without them thinking that we're an idiot and sounding silly um, and actually approaching them in a, a professional way where they're gonna help us. And at the same time, we're gonna be kind of giving them value so we can work away in and have a better conversation with the ultimate um, decision maker. Yeah, glad you asked. Actually, I'm going to add one more person to that group. And it's the person that typically many people look at as an adversary. And uh, some people call them the gatekeeper, right? Or the screener. Well, I like to call them the assistant because they, they're the buyer's assistant and they can be our assistant as well. So I want to treat everybody as a buyer. And for the social engineering process, I actually have a process for this. It's several steps. Number one, okay, that person answers the phone and you introduce yourself and your company. Hey, Art Subcheck here with Business by Phone. Step number two, the magic H word. I'm hoping that you can help me, okay? Because I mean, the, the word help is proven to set off all kinds of emotions in somebody's mind because most people do want to help, right? So again, I've identified myself. I asked for help. Now I'm going to give what is called my justification statement. And this is also proven to get more and better compliance. I mean, people that study influence and persuasion, uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini covers it in his book. The justification statement is giving the reason why you're going to be asking for information as opposed to to just starting in with your questions, right? So my justific justification statement, like in my case would be, hey, I'm going to be speaking to Joe Smith, your VP of sales. I wanna make sure I'm prepared when I do, okay? So that's the justification. Or it could be, I wanna make sure that what I have is going to be relevant. 
And now, again, I'm providing a reason. It doesn't need to be a great reason, but it's just a reason. And then I'll tell them what I'm going to do. So there's probably some information you could help me with. Now, notice I'm not saying, may I ask you some questions, because that in and of itself is a question. So instead, we let them know, yeah, there's probably some information you could help me with. Pause. Uh, so, so tell me, I understand you guys do prospecting there. Tell me what, what type of training that, that, that you receive now. Got it. Okay. So it's, it's personalizing it. It's asking for that help. It's explaining why, and then learning a bit, a bit more about what they're doing now from the sounds of it. Exactly. Exactly. And, and something else about the whole social engineering process. And, and again, there, there are hundreds of thousands of sales reps doing this successfully. Now, if somebody is not familiar with this, they've, they've not heard of it before. Objections I've heard from people like that are, oh, well, people don't want to answer questions. I mean, people are busy. Well, the fact is, if you go in with that attitude, you're never going to get the information because you've already told yourself you're not going to be successful. Go in with the attitude of, of course, you'll get the information and you'll never know unless you ask. And then here's another piece of advice. Don't just ask for the the easy factual stuff like, oh, um, when, how, how does he or she want to be contacted? I mean, that's a good question, but get into the substance and the qualitative information that you're looking for. Because in some cases, you might actually be talking to an influencer. And uh, I, I've had cases where I befriended this person. They saw value in what I had. They actually made the introduction along with a recommendation for me and made it really easy. Uh, I've had decision makers say, wow, whatever you did with my assistant, you need to be teaching to my salespeople. No, it, it makes sense. It makes sense to get all the intel you can before you actually go to the ultimate decision makers. Then you can leverage that and personalize it for when, you, when you're reaching out to them. So in terms of when we actually are connecting to the decision maker, be it over the phone, be it perhaps on a cold email, be it on a LinkedIn message, perhaps you could give us one or two examples of maybe an email, maybe a call or a LinkedIn message up of once we're connected to them, any tips on constructing that message to make sure, one, we get a response, and two, it's it's as positive as can be, so it's either we actually get the response, so we, we know if, if, if we can do some potential business, and two, this gives us a good chance of actually getting the meeting booked or getting the demo booked or whatever the end goal is from, from our prospecting mission. Right, well, the, the key here is, actually, there's, there's a couple of keys. One is, again, doing your research. And, and by the way, I suggest that a LinkedIn message or an email message is very similar to the opening statement messaging that I'm going to be using once I get the decision maker on the phone, which also should be similar to the voicemail message. People are always worried about, well, how do I change up my messages? It's like the, the biggest companies in the world don't change their uh, their tagline or their slogan every day, right? So I'm gonna go in with, with my big gun. So let's say that I, I'll just use my, we'll just use a real example. So I've done my research. I, I know that the VP of sales has a quota here for new business for 2021. 2020 has been pretty much shot because of COVID and their pipeline is dry right now because their salespeople don't know how to prospect. And I found these things out by talking to salespeople and um, maybe there were some blog posts or LinkedIn messages, or uh, maybe I saw them in a forum or a group somewhere. So these are all places I can get that information. So what I would put in a message is, and by the way, you can also send things in advance to warm up a call. Matter of fact, there's um, 
uh, a friend of mine, he's a famous author and Wall Street Journal cartoonist. His name is Stu Hynek. He has, uh, do you know Stu? I don't, I intend to get him on the show very soon though. Awesome. Yeah. So he he has uh, he he's actually coined a term for this and written about it. So it's called contact marketing, and it's a great compliment to to calling. And it's actually just sending something in advance of of your call. And it could be an entire campaign, or it could be something as simple as uh, some lumpy mail. Or in my case, I like to send a copy of my book. And if you haven't written a book, you can send a copy of somebody else's book. <laughs> and uh, and and it doesn't and it should not again be a sales pitch. But what I'll do in, in my case, a good message would simply be, I understand that you have a new business quota for next year and are looking for ways to prospect conversationally uh, and effectively without rejection. We specialize in doing that, have been doing it for over 30 years. I've got a few ideas I'd like to share with you. Uh, do you feel it'd be worth a conversation or do you feel it'd be worth taking a look at? And all I'm trying to do here is to create some curiosity. I'm not trying to give a pitch. I'm not saying I want to sell you training. All I want to do is get that person to say, huh, okay, I wonder what it is. Sounds interesting. Um, or, and of course, I would probably say I'm the guy that sent you the book and I want to keep it short and sweet. And I'm just looking for a very simple response. I mean, when people try to give a pitch in, uh, in an email or a uh, in mail. Normally people don't have time for that and it just gets deleted. And then it also ruins any chance they might have of getting through on the phone because they're going to remember that initial messaging, uh, which I'm kind of going on a, off on a tangent here, but people say that if, if here's the numbers game mentality, keep, keep sending the emails till you get a response, keep leaving the voicemails till you get a response. Well, the thing is, is that bad messaging does leave a mark. And what it does, and I don't know if, the, if it's the same way with you, but if I get a bad message from somebody and I instantly know that I'm never going to want to speak with them, if I see that call coming in on caller ID, I'm, I'm, not, I'm just going to let it go, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree, dude. And what you said there rings true with digital marketing too. So if you're sending out the bad message constantly, it, it kind of puts a bad mark against your name. So it's like, making the same cold call a hundred times. If you're reaching out with a bad message that's not personalized, that brings no value to the table, doesn't create curiosity, then even if you do it a hundred times, yes, one person may feel sorry for you and may give you the demo or may give you the meeting and might not go anywhere. But likewise, if you're, if you're actually testing what you're doing and you're ch changing things, you're tweaking it each time to based on feedback, then eventually you're gonna get better. Much like with a digital marketing campaign, if you're running ads uh, to the same landing page, for example, and you're not getting any leads from that landing page, you need to tweak something. You can't do the same thing, throwing mud at the wall and hoping something will stick. Obviously, it's just it's common sense. Um, right. and that's, that's a great point, man. Actually, yeah. I mean, there's parallels between sales is just a numbers game and let's apply it to digital marketing. So if something's not working, what are we going to do? Well, let's go buy more traffic. <laughs> mm. well. No, no, that's it. It's got to be it's got to be tested. It's got to be optimized just like a sales process. Cool, man. So with them. Um, if a lot's changing, as we know, we've had a global pandemic with so much change, everything moving virtual, everything moving to Zoom calls, online calls, um, email rather than face-to-face -face meetings. Um, what can we do as sales professionals, marketers or business owners to make sure that our sales are consistent, that we're still hitting targets, even though so much has changed in, in the way we do things right now? Well, what, what really hasn't changed 
are are humans and uh, motivators, right? Because people still are going to be buying for the the main reasons that they they typically buy, right? They they want something, they want some change, they want to they want to fill a gap or they want to avoid some type of displeasure or pain, losing money, all those things. And if if we're not starting with that as a salesperson, I mean all, all these other forms of I mean, I mean just I mean, the phone, video, texting, uh, digital marketing, these are all just forms of communication, right? What still matters, what has always mattered is the messaging. And if we don't have good messaging and if we're not making it all about that person and what they might want, and if we're not talking to them individually, I mean, it doesn't matter what form of communication we're using. And uh, we, we spoke about this before we went live here, but it's interesting, particularly in digital marketing. I mean, so many people are, you know, they're thinking that some of these gurus that are out there now invented this stuff. Well, I was using all of this and we called it direct response marketing back in the day, way back before there, there was an internet in you know, direct mail, uh, doing lead generation, these things called lead magnets. I mean, I, I would, I put out a free booklet of uh, 29 sales tips back in the, in the late eighties. And um, I would advertise in trade publications. I would write articles and then people would call or mail in and say, hey, I want your free uh, I want your free booklet. Great. So we just generated a lead with that lead magnet there and then would follow up by phone and mail. Geez, kind of sounds like uh, sounds like this new thing, this Internet marketing thing. <laughs> It's not far off, really, is it? It's not far off in terms of the process, in terms of the follow-up and all that kind of stuff. It's a, it's a similar kind of thing. Um, something we've not really covered, actually, Art, is, as we're saying, obviously, face-to-face -face is off the table for, for many of us um, in areas that have been hit. Now, in terms of video conferencing, video calls, be it Zoom, be it Skype, be it Google Hangouts, whatever the heck you do your video conferencing on, have you got any tips or anything that's worked for you, Art, in terms of being able to build rapport with your prospects being able to still have quality conversations like we did when we're face to face and avoid the kind of awkwardness of, of video. Well, several things. One is I, I am a proponent of video, sending out personalized video in, in emails. There are several different platforms you can do that with because now what we're doing is we're attaching a human to uh, another form of communication which of course is the, the the digital text form of communication so so that's one way uh, video communication as far as what we're doing right now obviously we're doing this live some people are watching the recording uh most people i'll say most over 50 percent hadn't done this before regularly and now many are forced to do it so there's going to be a um, there's a pushback i mean I've, I've seen it over the last several months and i mean we've all seen the awkward people on on video i mean it's not rocket science there's no there's no secret sauce here other than how do you get good at anything well go collect information on people that are already doing this well, I don't claim to be the expert in uh, how to present yourself on video. I've certainly studied it and think I do it okay, but there are people that that are experts on it. I mean, you can find it by just simply Googling them. Uh, and then of course there are many <laughs> who, who now claim to be the expert in that. So pick and choose carefully, just because you see it on the internet doesn't necessarily mean it's right. But collect information, study, 
and uh, then practice because again this is a performance sport selling has always been a performance sport so now in addition to our words we we have the visual aspect of it so there's all kinds of information today available on that practice i would suggest you practice recording yourself and just like I've, I've suggested for years, we should be recording our phone calls and recording what we're saying and then reviewing it and then rinse and repeat. That's how we get better at anything and have, have, have an open mind and have the right attitude about it. Don't say, oh, I'm not good on video or I don't look good on camera because it's who you are. Right. If you say I don't look good on camera, you're basically saying uh, I don't look good in person. So <laughs> all it is is a camera. Right. So get used to talking to to the other person. Then there's all kinds of other tips, of course, with lighting and background and all that. So go out and seek that information. Get good at it because that's how you're going to be better than your competitor, because we're all being forced to do this now. And if you're being forced to do it, why not do it to the why not do it and be excellent at it makes sense man a lot of what you said it sounds like comes down to mindset so like you say if you think you're you're not going to be great at something the chances are you're going to be in that poor mindset and not be as good as if you if you were positive at the time and then a lot of the the points we've covered in terms of calls in terms of your messaging comes down to having a, a process refining what you're putting out there so if something's not working fine-tuning it reviewing what you're doing and, and then optimizing it, which is yeah, many of the fundamentals of digital marketing. So it's, it's interesting that we're having this conversation. So yeah, really, really appreciate the chat art. Um, in terms of your own business, is there a specific digital marketing channel that you've had success with that you'd recommend that anyone tuning in taps into or, or multiple channels that you, you'd recommend that you've had um, success with as well as calling, of course? Well, I, it's funny because I originally built my business doing direct response marketing years ago. I've had a, a, a monthly subscription newsletter for years. And what, what happened was when, with, with the advent of the, again, when the internet, I don't, I don't want to sound like the, the crash deal guys say when I, when I walked uphill both ways in the snow, barefoot to school. But uh, when, when the internet came out, I thought, okay, well, I, I, I can see how I need to transfer a lot of what I'm doing to, to digital. So over the years, I've done just about everything there is. I've studied all the gurus. And today I have quite a following um, online, so I don't have to do as much lead generation, although I have many different outlets for that. So I have a number of lead magnets. Um, matter of fact, I'll, I'll share one here if, if, if you don't mind. And it's sure. very helpful for people. It's the entire smart calling process in a fill in the blanks template. And uh, it's free and it comes with a video. And uh, people can get that at phone scripts phonescripts.com. And uh, so, so there you'll actually see an example of, of what we're doing here. And I've always been a big believer in giving away tons of content because if people are going to sample your content and they're going to get value, obviously a certain percentage of them are going to want more. Uh, many won't, which is fine. That's okay because I'm all I'm. I'm here. I'm on a mission to to help salespeople. And if you want more, we have that available, ranging from a couple bucks up to you know lots of lots of money. But of course, we exchange money for for value. Um, so, oh, and and 
I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of all over the place with your answer here because I have I have done almost everything. I've got I've, I do live webinars. We've got automated webinars. Uh, I've done the the whole ask method. I have that out there where we're doing surveys and sending people to different uh, landing pages based on their answers to to the questions. So I've invested a lot of money over the years studying and and one way to ensure that you're going to be successful is to learn something new every day. And if anybody ever thinks that they've got it mastered, that's when you start going downhill. I mean, look behind me. I've got, uh, and this is only just a fraction of the books that that I have. And uh, what, what's cool about that is that I can go back to any of those, even though I read them at one point, and get something new out of any one of them, because what has changed is a frame of reference, right? We have new experiences. Yeah, and you've raised some some great points there, um, and I love that you've tried a whole bunch of different digital marketing channels over the years. Because sometimes that's the only way to to know what works. Because if you're not testing things, if you're not testing platforms, you're never going to know what what's actually going to get you leads, what's going to get you inbound business and sales if you don't try it out. And the other point you raised about not being afraid to give away content is awesome, um, as that's how we get a lot of our inbound inquiries through Web Choice by the content that we put out each and every day on LinkedIn, through our blogs through video calls, through podcast, and through many, many other channels. So I think that's something that sometimes people are afraid to get stuck into. So just start um, putting out tips, putting out information that your customers have asked you, answering questions, putting together useful video content, as it's certainly the way forward. And it's just another stream to start getting um, idle customers your way. Uh, really appreciate your time, man. Everyone, you've been tuning in to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts and entrepreneurs from around the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your sales and skyrocket your business. We like to ask everyone that comes on up if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, having a positive influence on yourself and your career, who would that be and why? That's that's interesting. I would say that probably the person who has had the biggest influence in my business would be Dan Kennedy. Okay. Uh, you're familiar with Dan? I'm not. Well, Dan Dan Kennedy is arguably probably the, the top marketing guru in perhaps the world. And he's been around a long time. And uh, Dan was recently sick. We almost lost him, but uh, he's, he's coming back and, and, and still working. But Dan has been in the direct response marketing business for 30 plus years. And uh, I actually know Dan way back in the day. He uh, actually gave away some of my books to his mastermind group. But I've been a uh, student of his for, for years. And uh, I would say his material is is the best there is. And matter of fact, many of the people out there now who are marketing gurus and consultants, including digital marketers, um, are, are using much of Dan's methodology. Awesome, man. Good person to reference. Good stuff. Um, well, uh, tell us a bit more about how people can connect with you, how people can learn from you and the best way to get in touch and perhaps a bit more about your books. Sure, sure. Well, again, if you're looking for an easy way to make a, a prospecting call, uh, I would get that template and the free video. Go to phonescripts.com. My blog site, which can also send you to all my other sites, is simply smartcalling.com, smartcalling.com. So you can get a lot of free tips and information there. You can contact me there. You can learn about my training. Uh, I also have a podcast 
which is theartofsales.com, theartofsales.com. And we make that mostly how-to based. So uh, we, we have a guest about every fifth or sixth show or so, but uh, mostly it's it's uh, sales tips, techniques, and processes. So you're going to learn something on, on every show. Thanks, man. We really appreciate you coming on up. Thank you so much for having me. This is a pleasure. Cheers, dude. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit subscribe on your podcast channel of choice or on YouTube. It's Sam's Business Growth Show, where we interview tons of business leaders, sales experts and marketing experts each and every week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Are you tired of constantly hunting for new customers? You could be missing out on regular inbound opportunities, all because your website isn't on the first page of Google. Perhaps you're already spending lots of money on advertising, but your website is failing to convert all of your hard-earned visitors into a consistent flow of new customers. If you'd like to learn more about our unusual approach that brings idle clients straight to you, connect with Sam Dunning on LinkedIn or book a free 20-minute consultation via webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales and business growth tips from the experts.